here is 2099. These are the files of Kent, the key environmental non-judgmental task force. Director of Operations, Professor Nebulous. You are now accessing hollow file number 993. Codename, The Buzzing. Oh, Professor, it's so wonderful to be out in the Cravenshire countryside. Snickermore trees swaying in the breeze, butterflies, birds, glorious summer sunshine. Isn't it just too beautiful? Yes, Paula, except for the dead body in front of us. I was trying to forget about that. Hendrik McKendrick, MP. Poor devil. Come along now, finish that chalk outline. Whoops! Oh, I've given him one really long leg. Hang on, I'll just extend the other so it matches. Don't do that. People will think he died a stilt death. OK, it's all been organised. The robo-medics are going to come and pop him in a body pod. Um, there's an old-fashioned country pub up the road with a thatched dome. Shall we uh, go and knock back a few bevies? Rory, it's ten o'clock in the morning. Got a watch, thanks. So, Professor, how do you think he died? Horribly? It might be murder, or it could be something more sinister. Perhaps my understander can tell us... What could McKendrick have possibly been doing in the countryside? I mean, it's so dull. Well, he was Minister for Nature, with special responsibility for trees, turf and nettles, so I would be... Good God. According to this, his lungs are flooded with honey, his throat is blocked with beeswax, and his nasal passage crammed with pollen. And it's possible he may have been stung 304 times. I wouldn't wish this death on anybody. Except perhaps that loud chap in the cafe yesterday. As I anticipated, this is far beyond anything I expected. In the end, he sneezed so hard, his brain was jolted free of its stem. What shall I put on the death certificate? Natural causes? Don't you see? Honey, wax, pollen, it all points to one thing. Uh, rag week. No. Hey, look! Bees. Get down, everyone. They're enormous. Aren't they? I'd say they were roughly the size of a cricket ball swollen to twice its normal size. And there's thousands of hundreds of tens of them! Quick! Follow them. We must find out where their hive is. All right. That'll do, team. We can stop running now. Oh, thank God. Exhausted. I've never, I've never run so far before. Thanks for the piggyback, Paula. My pleasure. Look, look, they're heading into that strange installation. You know, I've never trusted strange installations. It's like an enormous black honeycomb. Look at the sign. Hive. Holistic Insect Vision Enterprises. Not scared of bugs since 2066. Hmm... Paula, go and prepare a full report on McKendrick. Oh, and both the Zenusis need defluffing. Oh, I want to stay with you. What? And risk total fluff out? No. Rory, you and I are going to enter the hive. So, time for a swift half of old incinerator then. No. Right. Dr. Hector Proctor to the deep freeze, please, please. This place is enormous. Must have cost a fortune. Puts Kent in perspective, doesn't it? Quite. I see their fire escape isn't held on with gaffer tape. Still, all this just to study insects. Oh, they play a more significant role in our lives than you might think, Rory. 
During our lifetime, each of us will spend approximately two months waving flies away from our food, a fortnight brushing ants off our forearm, and a long weekend chasing a moth out of a bathroom. Hello there. I'm Brett Taron. When reception told me Professor Nebulus was here, I had to come down personally to greet you. I bought your book, you see. Oh, super. Uh, which, which one? Subatomic Parallel Worlds and Perspective? An Index of Dark Matter? The Origins of Reality? Baby's first book of wormholes uh, for my youngest son's birthday. Yes, well, my agent was very keen for me to do a pop-up book. But, but, but it's back to uh, impenetrable scientific theses from now on. <laughs> this is my assistant, Rory Lawson. Mr Lawson? Yeah, hi. Um, quick question. Why is a place that deals with creepy crawlies, which are tiny, such a big place? <laughs> because Hive currently houses examples of every insect known to man or woman, whichever knows first. Ah, have you got tarantulas? No, I'm afraid not. Ah, so you haven't got every insect. I think, Mr Lawson, you'll find tarantulas are, in fact, arachnids. But we do have any insect you care to mention. Oh, OK. Um, have you got a black widow? Now, they are cool. A, a black widow is also an arachnid. Oh, OK. Uh, can I see the funnel web... It's an arachnid! Is it? An arachnid? Well, it looks like a spider, doesn't it? Um, OK, in that case, just show me some big spiders. Will you tell him? I do hope we're not intrude-relating. Do say if you're busy. The hive is always busy, Professor. Please, allow me to show you around. Marvellous. I take it you are in charge here. We often say it's the bugs who are in charge of hive. But obviously that sounds a bit sinister. So, yes, I'm in charge. And are you aware that there's been a death nearby? The Minister for Nature had a fatal sneezing fit. His handkerchief contained enough nasal mucus to fill an entire ice cream cone. One of those double ones that hold two scoops. And he'd been stung with enough poison to make the population of the Manchester Islands say ow for a whole afternoon. A death? Really? The ladybirds will be upset. Incoming report from National Cardiac Monitor. Fatality in the Westminster Invertodome. Just the basic facts, please, Gemini. Man dead. Okay, well, give me a bit more information. Victim identified as... Bit more! Draston Garvey, Minister for Science. Okay. More information? I am obeying. Garvey is a hard-working MP whose perfect attendance record was soiled last year due to an uncontrollable bout of diarrhoea. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Too much information. So, what killed him? Wait, was it the diarrhoea? I don't want to hear any details. Buzz once for yes, twice for no. <sighs> okay, what was it? Initial reports suggest death due to ingestion of a huge mosquito omelette served by a giant woodlouse in a chef's hat. A huge mosquito omelette. So the killer was cholesterol. Or could it have been the mosquitoes? I wouldn't be surprised if that woodlouse wasn't involved in some way. You see, Professor, insects are the most industrious creatures on Earth, with the exception of the bricklayer owl. But in order to harness their power for mankind's gain, I knew they would have to be enlarged, or as I prefer to say, bignified. 
I do hope I'm not boring you. Hope away. Did you know one of my giant worker ants can carry the weekly grocery injections for ten households? No, but it makes perfect sense. Just one of my giant silkworms can create a parachute big enough to easily support the weight of an entire giant silkworm. Well, that's progress writ large. Then, of course, there's the pollen project. The pollen project? What's that? Some kind of special thing? Do you know how many bees there are in this country? Seventeen billion, ten thousand of whom are queens, with a further three hundred in denial. Yes. And do you know how much honey they produce? A hundred and two tons. Yeah, that's right. However, on the minus side... There's the thousands of man-hours lost due to hay fever and bee stings, especially during the summer months, January, February. Yeah, but... Yes, yes. Fortunately, Hive has developed a new system. We will collect the entire nation's pollen supply and place it in a big special tube. Hay fever becomes a thing of the past, whilst the nation's bees are simultaneously placed in another completely different big tube. This seems a rather tube-dependent process. What if one of the tubes suddenly tapered away? Oh, safety is paramount. The bees are then crushed using something I've developed called a crusher. Good bod, man. Mother Nature is a, a finely balanced chess game which walks a narrow tightrope and a knife edge. Only a fool would pour all his honey into one basket with holes in it. You'll end up with honey on your trousers. You know that, don't you? And it's going to stain. An indelible stain which no matter how hard you scrub... I, I'm, I'm drifting, but... Think about it, Prof. Hay fever cured without drugs. Lots of bees being killed. Where's the problem? I say, what are these in this sealed glass room? Surely those aren't bees. They look more like wasps. Gentlemen, you are looking at the supreme insects. My specially bred bee-wasp hybrids. I call them bosps. Bosps? Hmm, bosps. They shall take over once all the bees have been crushed. The bosp is absolutely perfect, combining the yellow stripes of the bee with the black stripes of the wasp. They're huge. Yes. I'd say they were roughly the size of a slightly deflated beach ball as seen through a large magnifying glass. The bosp shall serve humanity. What, as in serve drinks and snacks? The female wasp yields honey, whilst the male produces yeast extract. As you are no doubt aware, Taron, there are very strict rules concerning the creation of new species. After all, the withering has already occasioned many disturbing mutations. The hammerhead pony, the dogger pillar, bananas in pajamas. Ugly-looking brutes, aren't they? Are they? Well, they do say beauty is in the eye of the beekeeper. Printing out full list of recent bug-related deaths now, Professor. Many thanks, Gemini. I don't know what I'd do if you were ever imploded or vaporized or supplanted by your evil twin. Yeah, that exchange weekend was bad enough. Just look at this. Jennifer Darsh, director of eco-campaigners Green Pieces, went insane when an earwig bored right through her brain, pausing only to lay eggs in her cerebral cortex. Rich Shard, minister for the environment, drowned in a jacuzzi full of water boatmen. Mavic Brown, head of the United Nation, brutally kicked to death by a gang of militant millipedes. What kind of madness is this, Rory? Ah, morning, Harry. Lots of work ahead of us. How are we today? I am unable to vouch for your well-being, Professor! 
But personally speaking, I am in an agony that shall echo down the decades! Still, I'm sure that won't stop you putting your back into it. Unlike you, Professor, I no longer have the luxury of a back! Oh, no, of course not. Any word from Paula? No. Where is Paula? She's behind enemy lines. Taron usually has a personal secretary by the name of Miss Beecham. However, thanks to Harry tampering with her home water supply, Miss Beecham is now off work with the flu. Uh, Black Death! I thought we agreed on the flu. Better safe than sorry! It has flu-like symptoms! Anyway, Paula is her replacement. And with the top-notch references I forged, the Triffids would have employed her to do their pruning. Tarrant Secretary! Sorry, Harry, but your shorthand isn't good enough. My shorthand can do anything a normal size hand can do! No, I, I didn't mean to. Uh, I'm sorry, Harry. Uh, sorry. Well, Miss Breeze, I must say you come to me with excellent references. Thank you, Mr. Tarrant. I see you held down a job at the Earth's core in telesales. Yes. And I was simultaneously employed in an identical job in a parallel universe. That year's tax return was a nightmare. I couldn't believe it. Well, I'll let you get settled in. I'm off to saddle up my horsefly. See you later. Right. Professor, can you hear me? Yes, Paula, you're coming through loudish and clearish. What's that noise? Paula... Can you hear me? There's a buzzing on the line. I think that's my end. I'm going to investigate. Over and over and over and out. Is there anybody there? It's not a comb and tissue orchestra, is it? Good. Bot! It is the female of the species. We are the boss. Uh, 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 where, where, where are you? We are inside your minds. And we're also in front of you, behind this glass panel. It's a sort of thing we can do. It's been two hours now. Why hasn't Paula got back in touch? It can't be shyness or a speech impediment. Could she be dead? No. She might be, though. Could be dead. Really? Well, I prefer to be a little more optimistic. So I've taken 50 cc's of Positivitex. Half an hour of hope in every ampule. Ooh, building yourself up for disappointment that way. Ooh, I bags you a big stapler. <laughs> it's the biggest stapler I've seen. Paula, come in, please. Paula? Come in, please, Paula. Paula. Nothing. Hmm? Just dead air. Dead. Dead. Dead air. Rory, if you have nothing positive to contribute, may I suggest you keep your mouth closed, your mind open, and your fingers crossed? Hey, I can make a positive contribution. I'll, uh, start arranging a memorial service. I'll say no corpse turned up yet, but if one does, we'll pop it along. There will be no memorial service. Save the money for booze, like you're thinking. Rory, don't you have any damp shirt mangle work to be doing? I am Paula's dead! No, she's not! Oh, I just got a text saying she was! Rory! What? I'm only texting what we're all thinking. I'll never forgive myself if anything's happened to Paula. Unless it was something which was clearly in no way my fault. Pass me those files, please, Miss Breeze. Please? Please. 
Now, let's see. Cheese. Coffees. Coffee, please, Miss Breeze. Sixteen sugars, please. Come along, Rory, to the stealth cycle and sidecar. It's high time we paid a call on Sir Ronald Rowland. What in the hell? It's a giant butterfly. Quite. A pink rear admiral, to be precise. Look at that huge wingspan and those bright clownish colours. What? What? Clownish colours. Clownish. Clownish. Clown. 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 Oh, there, son. We've got your helium-filled balloon of every colour. But I don't like balloons. They're childish and overly buoyant. All clowns love balloons. Now hold on to the strings and make it look as if the balloons are starting to lift you off the ground. That would be impossible. It's contrary to all the laws of physics. It's a clown classic. Do it. Got some capers. No, I shall not clown. I, I shall not clown. Clown. Shall shall not clown. Help! 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 What's that? I mean, help me find a way of defeating this thing. It's enormous. Yes, roughly the size of a three-story dome, shrunk down to the size of a double-decker helicopter, a foot taller than it should be. However, there's still one certain way to kill a butterfly, Rory. Pull its wings off, like so. Well done, Prof. Ha, look at it, the mono-winged bastard. Let me just grab the other wing. There. That should do it. Oh, I thought we were goners. No, Rory. That vicious butterfly's reign of terror is over. Can I kick the wingless torso? On this occasion, you may. Nimrod, what do you want? Are you feeling quite well, Sir Ronald? You know? I've been bitten. I've puffed up. I was going to say puffed up. I thought you looked puffed up. Let me guess. Might the cause of this... Puffing up be an insect bite? Exactly. It was a daddy wide thighs. Another attempted murder. It's Brett Tarrant, sir. He's controlling these invertebrate assassins. He must be stopped. Really, Nabroth? Do you realize how well connected Brett Tarrant is? I know, I know. He's a close personal friend of the twin prime ministers, the triplet queens, and Robo Pope. Precisely. I'd like to do what I can, but I'm afraid I can't. Then you force the people of Kent to take unofficial action. Rory and I shall break into Hive under cover of afternoon. And wait. Better make it under cover of early evening. It'll be getting dark. No. Hang on. How about under cover of night? Then it'll be even darker. <laughs> Welcome, Great Talon. Greetings, my brothers. Ah, how I love to hear you drone on. Ah, here comes our newest recruit. Hello, boys. Ah, Miss Breeze, the Bosbs have a small task for you. Me? Go to security room. The central security grid must be destroyed. And all the creepy crawlies set free to creep and crawl. The land and sky shall turn black with insects. Apart from the red bits where 
the ladybirds are. Here we are, Rory. Hive. I think this side door should be the one. I'll just check these blueprints. You know, Prof, there's a flaw in this plan. There's several. It's a floor plan. No, I mean, once we're inside, what exactly are we going to do? We're going to triumph, Rory. That's what we're going to do. Failureization is not in my vocabulary. Let's take another look inside this bod-forsaken place. I'll just open this door with my sonic crowbar. What about weapons? Did you bring my lightsaber? No, nor did I bring your light Swiss Army penknife. Weapons are the last resort of the unarmed man. Oh, I want a stabby weapon that goes... Don't be so childish, Rory. I'm not being childish, you big poo head. Do you hear that noise? It's coming from in there. Hive Central Security Room. Sounds like equipment being smashed. Could it be retro Luddites living for futuristic nostalgia kicks? What do you mean? I'm not entirely sure. Paula? Paula, can you hear me? Oi! Breezy! What's going on? It's no use, Rory. Her mind's been taken over. She's no more responsible for her actions than the drunkard who desires a kebab. Very well, Rory. You'll have to grab her, and I'll try and tame her brain. Paula! Paula! I want you to listen to me. Hurry, Prof! She's got the strength of one and a half women! Paula! I'm going to count down from one. By the time I get to one, you'll be in a deep, relaxing coma. One. Something is wrong. The girl has stopped smashing stuff. Then I shall do it myself. Taron? I think he's been taken over by the boss hive mind. Not taken over. I always was part of the hive mind. It began at my fifth birthday picnic when I was simultaneously stung by both a bee and a wasp. I went into spasms. My mother thought I was going to die. My father thought I was putting it on. The truth lay somewhere between the two. Karen, please, you must see reason, at least on a casual basis. You and those bosps are about to plunge Earth into a bloody war between the six legs and the just two legs. But to quote the song, war is an oboe. No one wants it. The bosps shall be victorious. And I shall be their queen. You, a female insect... Forgive my eyebrow for ascending so sharply. I've booked myself in for a sex change and a species change. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must shed my chrysalis. But you can't. You're a human. You haven't got a chrysalis. Only skin, and you can't shed that. Oh, my God, you can. Oh. I won't be eating any cold cuts for a while. No, Terran. This cannot happen. You can no more live without your skin than a, a parkeeper can survive without tutting. 
Sunday supplement. There's thousands of them. What magazine's going to be useless? Ah, but this one's got several pull-out sections. Uh, affordable homes on Jupiter, this month's must-have monolith, exclusive photos from the excavation of Barbie's tomb. Here, look, take the travel section. Forget north, south, east and west and say hello to Mest, the new direction which has taken the compass by storm. Don't read it. Roll it up. Oh, thank you, Rory. I have to say I admire your optimism. You remind me of a more simplistic me. Oh, well... When the final end came, at least the men of Kent went down waving Sunday supplements in the air. There's too many of them, Rory. Back, you hybrid horrors! Back! What's happening? They're just falling to the floor. Could they be having a rest of some sort? I suspect that outside their controlled, sealed environment, their tiny little lungs couldn't cope with real air. So now they're dead. Every single last one of them. Uh, how tragic. A new race destroyed. A new race destroyed before it had really begun. It's, a, it's an absolute tragedy. Makes me very sad to think that the... Bo- Where's that bloody magazine? Stop her! Noisy, stupid little beggar! As I say, it's it's uh, it's all very sad. So, Paula, what was it like having your mind taken over by creepy crawlers? Well, my memory's still a little hazy, but I know the wasps and I became quite close. In fact, I'm sure there was a period when I wore them as a beard. Well, I'm relieved to say those creatures have formed their final facial whiskers. Yeah, the prof and I wiped out the entire race. Days like that make being in a college worthwhile. I thought you were anti-mindless slaughter! Uh, up to a point, yes. But the bosps were mutants. Remember the post-withering constitution, point eight? Thou shalt not suffer a mutant to live. Unless they've got something useful, say shovel hands, a beer bottle opening belly button, or freestanding genitalia. I still don't understand how the bosps could get inside my mind without using my ear as a head door. The insect world is full of mystery, Paula. Technically, the bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly, the stag beetle shouldn't be able to ice skate, and the cabbage white shouldn't be able to play the blues, yet somehow they can. But I thought the bosps were supposed to be the supreme insect. How could they turn out to be rubbish like that? Well, we can only discover the real truth about the bosps by carrying out a number of micro-insectoid post-mortar on them. However, I've officially declared that FTFTBBW. FTFTBBW? Far too fiddly to be bothered with. In Nebulous by Graham Duff, Mark Gatiss played Professor Nebulous with special guest Steve Coogan as Brett Tarran, Paula, Rosie Cavaliero, Harry, Paul Putner, Rory, Graham Duff, 
Sir Ronald Rowlands, Graham Crowden, Gemini and Clown Mother, Julia Dolkin, Clown Father, Matt Wolfe, Bosps, Nicholas Briggs. The theme music was by Malcolm Boyle. Nebulous was directed by Nicholas Briggs and is a baby cow production for Radio 4. Thank you.